Hey, and welcome to Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck, and this is Short Stuff. And we are talking about a little nursery rhyme, pretty adorable in its nature, that you may have heard of before. It's called Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, wait a minute. Was was this lamb's fleece as white as snow? It was, and there was something remarkable about it in that wherever Mary went, the lamb went as well. That sounds like a stalker to me. <laughs> a little bit. So <laughs> this is pretty interesting in that this is controversial. I mean, this cute little nursery rhyme that every English-speaking kid on the planet has heard at one time or another, especially if you're raised in America, um, may have had, number one, a real-life origin. And number two, there are two towns in Massachusetts and New Hampshire where the local historical societies will fight each other with bike chains and brass knuckles if they run into (laughs) one another in public. Yeah, this is really interesting. In Sterling, Massachusetts, uh, if you go, you're going to see a a little copper statue of a little lamb. Mm -hmm. And it's um, Mary Sawyer's little lamb specifically, which she brought to school in 1815. Uh, She was a little girl who, uh, and this, I guess we should say allegedly for all this stuff, because everyone's (laughs) saying that each other is wrong. So allegedly, Mary saved this little lamb, nursed it back to health overnight, and over a few days, the lamb got much better, and then she was going to go to school one day, and her brother Nat said, Hey, won't you bring that lamb to school since you love it so much? <laughs> Why don't you marry it? <laughs> and she did bring the lamb to school, uh, hiding it in a basket under her chair. And at one point, she stands up uh, to take part in a uh, recitation lesson, and the lamb bleats. The teacher laughs. She takes the lamb outside and kills it. No. <laughs> <laughs> she takes the lamb outside and stores it in the shed. But this caught the idea of a guy named, uh, or the eye of a guy named John uh, Rollstone. Yeah, he was a, an older boy who I guess was visiting the schoolhouse where all this took place that day. He was on his way off to Harvard, and he died shortly after uh, of tuberculosis. But before that, he wrote a poem, through, uh, several lines, just basically what everybody knows from Mary Had a Little Lamb, um, supposedly that night. Like he was so taken by this thing, by this event. Came back the next day on horseback and handed Mary the little poem he wrote for her. And Mary Sawyer went on for the rest of her life as Mary, the girl with the little lamb that she'd nursed back to health. And these, the source of the famous nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah, and it's important to note that he wrote uh, but three stanzas mm-hmm. of that poem, and uh, I think he was just thought it was cute. I think it's an adorable story that not only did she nurse this little lamb and take it to school, but this you know rising freshman at Harvard was so smitten with this whole thing on his little visit to the school that he wrote a poem about it. <laughs> That's right. And it's then adorable. He, then he died of tuberculosis later that year. <laughs> yeah, point that out again. And <laughs> <laughs> so he. Um, he, so John Ralston and Mary Sawyer are the source of the inspiration and the, the basis of that nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb, as far as Sterling, Massachusetts is concerned. But if you uh, drive a little further north, about 90 miles north into New Hampshire, southwest New Hampshire, and you come across the town of Newport, um, you will get a totally different story that there are their position is basically that Mary Sawyer was a lying old lady who lied her whole life and made up this fantastic tale, and that it was really Sarah Josepha Hale, who was a uh, native of Newport, New Hampshire, 
um, who was very famous for setting up the first Thanksgiving in the United States, um, like as a, as a, a national holiday. She's the one that made that happen. Um, that she's the one who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb. Right. And uh, I think we should take a break. Okay. Uh, and before we do that, I want to point out that Josh did not misspeak. Her middle name was Josepha and not Joseph. Or Josephine. Yeah, it just sounded a little funny, and people might think, why did Josh spice that one up? (laughs) (laughs) Put a little mustard on it. So we'll come back and explain more about her story and where Henry Ford figures in right after this. So Sarah, Josepha, <laughs> Josepha Hale. I like Josepha, but I hadn't considered Josepha. That's Josepha? A, that's a good one too. That sounds really biblical. Like she's she suddenly just grew a beard without a mustache. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like come to me, Josepha, and let me uh, put oils on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Weird. Remember, but what congressman was it that literally anointed? Someone's feet oh, with it was oil. Ashcroft, I think, wasn't it? Was it? The, yeah, what a bizarre time. It was, I think it was. It was Ashcroft. It, You're totally right, I think. He also sang some weird patriotic song about the eagle flying high around the same time. <laughs> he got right. some bad press. Everybody was like, wow, you're bonkers, buddy. Oh, man, I miss that guy. He was fun fun for the news uh, cycle. He, he really was. Uh, all right, so Sarah Josepha Hale uh, moved to Boston in 1828. She was a poet and a writer, and she was actually the editor of the very first women's magazine in the U.S. called uh, Gotti's Ladies Book. And it was here in Boston that she met a man named Lowell Mason, who was a musician and composer, who said, you know what, if we get some of these uh, poems and set them to music, they would be called songs, and we can use these in schools to make a little kids, good moral kids. Mm-hmm. When I think of Lowell, um, this kind of folk musician, children's music study proponent guy, have uh-huh. you ever seen that Mr. Show where David Cross is like the, the guy who sculpted the little the little body that yeah. he moves from like uh-huh. Appalachian folk art? That guy, that's who I think of when <laughs> totally. I think of this guy. <laughs> You know, just kind of weird and hapless and like out of it. And um, (laughs) like his whole focus is learning to to get music into schools for children. And just, I don't know why, but it's really stuck in there. You know, uh, our buddy Scott Aukerman uh, wrote for Mr. Show. And it was kind of his entree into the entertainment industry. And he does a, yeah, he does a spot on impression of Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. I got to see that. It's very funny. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> All right. So Mason and Hale are writing uh, songs together. Uh, they put 15 poems to music called Poems for Our Children. And uh, we should point out that the original tune that they wrote for her version of Mary Had a Little Lamb was not the familiar melody that we know. That came on later, I think. Yeah. Um, apparently, that comes from a British song that goes... Um, Merrily we roll along, roll along, roll along. Merrily we roll along over the dark blue sea. Hey, nice. Oh, th- thank you. <laughs> thank you. I've I practiced pretty extensively for it. It was on key. Um, I'm a little tone deaf 
It was a little pitchy, but it was fine. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'll go with it was fine. No, it was good. But yeah, that came on later. The original melody, I don't even think we know that, do we? No, but I'll, I, if you can get your hands on Juvenile Liar, Lear, L-Y-R-E, mm-hmm. that, that book that it was originally in, uh, I think the notes are in there. Okay. It sounds like in Agata de Vida. <laughs> That's your go-to. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Sawyer, uh, going back to her, the little girl who allegedly actually nursed this little lamb who followed her around and mm-hmm. stalked her. Mm-hmm. She said, you know what? Those first three verses of your poem, uh, Ms. Hale, is exactly like the ones that John Rolstone wrote about my true story. What is up with that? Yeah, I guess she just thought that somehow Sarah Josepha Hale <laughs> um, had gotten her hand somehow on this this poem that John Rolstone had, had written for and just expanded on that. Um, and Sarah Josepha Hale was like, no, that's not it at all. I made this whole thing up from scratch using strictly my imagination. I've never heard of you or your delightful little story from your childhood about the lamb. Um, Which sounds totally made up, by the way. Right. And so <laughs> the, this was like, so now you had two upstanding women, Sarah Josepha Hale, the founder of the the American holiday Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Mary Sawyer, who went on to become the matron of her local hospital, were basically saying that one another was lying without saying that one another was lying. And two towns, like, reputations were on the line. Yeah, and they they actually, as uh, older ladies, signed sworn statements saying that what they were saying was true and correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of went on like this for a little while. And I promised Henry Ford. Yeah. And here we're going to deliver because in 1927, <laughs> uh, automobile magnate Henry Ford got involved and was firmly in the Mary Sawyer camp. Firmly. Um, he was just a, a fan of hers, I guess, because he bought the original frame from that red schoolhouse and moved it to Sudbury where uh, he owned a, an inn. And he wrote a book about this called The Story of Mary and Her Little Lamb. I find that him moving the inn to Sudbury confuses the story tremendously because it just takes two small towns and Mm -hmm. adds a third one unnecessarily, if you ask me. (laughs) Sure. You know? But, yes, Henry Ford wrote a 60-page book just basically touting Mary Sawyer's story, much to the chagrin of the town of Newport, New Hampshire, and its historical society. Um, And to this day, they will say, like, Henry Ford made a great car. Um, I don't know how he would be really as an historian. So, you know, his opinion doesn't count for much. What I want to know is what was on the other 56 pages. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Couldn't have taken more than four to tell this little story. No, I know. I don't know what he, he talked about. And I think my, my joke bone is broken because I can't come up with anything <laughs> stupid to add. Well, it, it depends on – there are very much two camps here. And to this day, people that defend Hale – I mean, people that defend Sawyer are like, you know, this is a sweet, sweet girl who had this sweet story. Why would she make this up and tell it her whole life? Right. And Hale defenders were like, well, why would she – just conjure up this poem out of thin air or i mean why would she copy it and claim right she conjured it from thin air because they like she wouldn't have even known about this poem yeah she just from what i can tell she doesn't seem like the type who would have committed plagiarism and then stuck to the lie her entire life yeah it's a mystery 
It's a mystery, and even Henry Ford couldn't solve it. But to end this one, because we don't really have a resolution to it, there is um, like the the full poem by Sarah Joseph Hale. It ends pretty cutely because she's talking about how um, everyone wanted to know why the lamb loved Mary so much. And in the poem, it says, well, it's because Mary loves the lamb back. Sure. And then it ends with, and you each gentle animal in confidence may bind and make them follow at your will, if only you are kind. Isn't that a sweet thing to teach little kids? Be kind to animals, and you can basically be the boss of them. Yes, and you will never be a serial killer. That's right, because you're kind to them rather than torturous of them. That's right. Well, that's it for short stuff, everybody. We're out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.